It's time for InsureTalk with insurance industry tech geek and Guidewire chief evangelist, Laura Drabik. In this podcast series, we don't just talk about innovative ideas in PNC insurance. We talk with industry trailblazers about the big ideas they made happen and how they did it. If you're looking for insights on the trends and technologies reshaping the industry, an all-new InsureTalk starts now. Welcome to InsureTalk. My name is Laura Drabek, and I'm the Chief Evangelist at Guidewire. In this episode, I have the privilege of interviewing Stephen Lethrope, Global Head of Insurance at ISI. ISI is a member of Guidewire's InsurTech Vanguard's incubator program and the winner of our inaugural InsurTech Pitch Day. ISI provides satellite-based monitoring and change detection intelligence, which keeps insurers in the know about flood risk. As climate change accelerates, insurers need access to a evolving data to profitably price risk and to respond effectively to flooding when it happens. And that is the focus of today's conversation. Hello, Stephen. Thank you for joining my podcast. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure and a privilege. Tell our listeners about ISI and your role there. Sure. ISI is a company that has developed a completely unique technology that enables radically more complete, accurate and timely monitoring and measurement of things that happen on the Earth's surface. And we use that technology combined with advanced data analytics and other capabilities to provide powerful solutions to insurance companies, to government, to defence and other sectors. The company is based in Helsinki, but we have a very global team. We build and operate our own constellation of radar-enabled satellites to support our solutions and my role within the business is to lead the solutions team and I head up our insurance business specifically. Stephen, global insured losses from floods have increased from $40 billion from the year 2000 to 2010 to a whopping $80 billion for the last decade. What is causing the global increase in floods? The numbers are mind-boggling, aren't they? I mean, the factors that are driving the increase in costs, first of all, the lower atmosphere of the earth is becoming warmer and more moist as a result of greenhouse gas. There's greater potential there for increased frequency and severity of storms and flooding. So we're seeing heavier rain, we're seeing rivers overflow, and we're seeing flash flooding affecting areas where there isn't generally a water body. We're seeing coastal flooding where severe storm combines with high tides to inundate the coast. And alongside all of that atmospheric and climate-related stuff, we've got factors that relate to the world as we live in it, where we build, where we house people, and all of these factors together mean one way or the other, society and the global economy can only expect those losses to increase over time. So we've got more damage, disruption, cost, and of course, loss of life related to flood likely over the coming years. So how does your technology address these issues and help mitigate and control flood losses? The core of ISI's capability is our ability to observe the Earth from space. So I've mentioned radar technology. We use a particular flavor of that called synthetic aperture radar. And that really differs from some of the Earth observation that we're all used to seeing. So, you know, low-level photographs on Google Maps or something. But when we think storm, you think of those swirling clouds seen from space. Now, satellite-based radar technology is different because we see through the darkness and clouds and 
smoke if we're looking at forest fire. We see what's happening on the ground so we can detect where flood water is rising and falling. We've been doing that for a couple of years now, so we can provide insurers with really high definition analysis of where the water's been with major floods historically that they can use for understanding risk and assessing impact and damage that is likely with upcoming events. And we can also provide that in near real time when an event happens, which really makes a difference for them in their response to major flooding while it's still going on. Can you explain what synthetic aperture radar or SAR is and why should it be important to carriers? Sure, absolutely. It's a technology that sees through the dark and sees through weather. So it has a particular capability, but it's also the synthetic nature of the aperture and the fact that you can make a very powerful high resolution image using a relatively small radar array. That's a real breakthrough for Earth observation because it means that you can put the sensor on a much smaller satellite. So synthetic aperture radar has been around for many, many years, but it's typically been something you could only get into space on the back of a satellite that, you know, is the size of a small house and costs half a billion dollars. The synthetic aperture radar arrays are much smaller and lighter. The satellites that we build and launch are about the size of a refrigerator rather than a house, which makes them very much less expensive to manufacture and operate. So the synthetic aperture part of the radar is really about packing in a huge amount of observation power to a very small package. And that's part of the reason we've been able to launch a constellation of 21 of these things so far. And that gives us much greater global coverage, the ability to take many, many more images of things like floods. And the more images we have, the more data we have, and the more insight that we can provide to carriers. I like it. So it's more compact, allows for a global feel, and also more data and insight. Thanks for sharing that. In the United States, almost 40% of the population lives in coastal counties and another 10% in floodplains. Stephen, what can we do to reduce the impact of floods for people living in these areas? Obviously, as a society, whatever we can do to reduce the increasing impacts of climate change, whatever we can do to slow that increase in the temperature of the oceans, the moisture in the atmosphere, and so on, will reduce the pace of what's going on here. There are obviously things as society that we can do about where we build and where we house people and about making sure that we've got the right kind of physical defences in place. But from an eyesight perspective, our earth observation can play a part in a number of aspects of this. We are capable of helping insurers, government agencies to understand what happens when water does inundate land. So we can provide a lot of very detailed data that can help with planning and help with risk management. When a disaster does strike and the waters do rise, we're able to give a view typically of what is likely to happen two or three days in advance of the event. We've got meteorologists on the team at ISI. We're continually watching the atmospheric conditions. We have our own application designed to provide a two, three day forecast of flooding events. And we provide that information to our customers so that they can inform their customers and give them the opportunity to take action, move your car, move things off the ground floor, that kind of thing. And then when the waters do rise, the insights that we can provide four hours into the event and then full analysis within 24 hours and then over the course of the event really helps carriers to target their response, to communicate with their customers, to allocate resources effectively, to understand where provisional payments might help. So big picture, it would be great if as a society globally, we could get together and reduce some of the effects physically. But from our size perspective, what we can do is help to understand 
understand the risk, help to manage the risk and really help with the response when things go wrong. Awesome. Great information. When we come back after this short break, we'll continue our conversation with Stephen Lathrop. Digging in Sure Talk with Laura Drabick? Be sure to subscribe on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, rate the show on Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing. Now, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to InsureTalk. This is Laura Drabick, and I'm talking to Stephen from ISI. How did ISI founders come up with the idea to provide satellite monitoring of floods? I know you're founded in Finland. Did being so close to the polar ice cap serve as a catalyst? Yeah, absolutely did. And the clue's in the name of ISI to an extent. The guys that founded the company were working as part of their university project on using satellite technology to monitor ice formations in the northern seas. The initial application of that was for energy companies, but very quickly, the broader capability of measuring all sorts of different things on Earth became apparent. And we're all about the commercial applications and ice is part of that. We can see ice formations building, receding. We monitor movement in the ice cap still as part of what we do, not for profit. So yeah, you know, a lot of it's water related, but at the same time, we also are using our capability to measure the damage caused by wildfire as well. So it's quite broad application that started with ice. So I was shocked to learn that 82% of global economic losses from floods were uninsured. One of the issues in the U.S. is that not all states have flood disclosure laws. This means that people who are about to make one of the biggest financial investments of their lives have zero knowledge of whether a house is flooded and is likely to flood again. How does your technology help mortgagees and homeowners better understand their property's flood risk? Sure. I mean, that 80 plus percent is staggering, isn't it? And there's a massive underinsurance issue globally. There are all sorts of vulnerable communities that really need help with this stuff. I think the main benefit that we are working on right now for the US consumer is that we, through our ability to observe flooding and to report on historical flooding, we're enabling a number of really innovative new carriers and MGAs and existing incumbent carriers to start to offer private flood insurance that hasn't been available in that market in the past. So there's an opportunity there for product innovation and for us to play a part in that. Looking more widely, we're also helping with a new generation of parametric insurance products where communities, including in the US, where individuals may not have access to traditional indemnity-based insurance products, either because they're not available or because they can't afford them, to have some protection provided by a parametric product that doesn't require that underwriting element. So some protection there for people currently under or not insured at all. Any real life stories or metrics you can share with us on how you've helped an insurer proactively detect, monitor, or adjudicate flood risk? Sure. I mean, we've got customers using our technology in a wide range of use cases from parametric that I've mentioned through sharpening underwriting models, lots of use in claims, and in insurance linked securities. I guess the most practical real life stories are all to do with claims currently, where insurance companies are using our flood insights to understand which customers are most affected to communicate rapidly and effectively to direct their resources. My favorite illustration of that is through our work with Tokyo Marine in Japan, where through their relationship with a number of non-government organizations, not-for-profits, we were able to, in a recent fairly severe flood in Japan, provide information to save the children that enabled them to get help to a flooded nursery to help their staff and the children at that location before they would otherwise have been aware that anything was going on 
at all. So it's a not-for-profit example, but it's absolutely one of my favorite. Well, it's a very noble and beautiful story. Thank you for sharing. You manufacture and maintain your own satellites. Why should that be important to carriers? Because we have the design, build and operate the technology in-house, we're constantly able to enhance the technical capability. So we've got a really wide range of observation capability, including the ability to fly over exactly the same spot in exactly the same place at multiple times a day, which we call ground track repeat. That enables us to create a time series of what's happening on the ground, which is very powerful for a whole range of commercial and government agency activities. And we're the only people who can do that currently. For our flood solution, what matters here is capturing as many images as possible. So there it's about the size of the constellation and control over what the satellites are doing at any point in time. So for the flooding in Australia, in New South Wales earlier this year, we were able to capture 47 images of a multiple thousand square mile area over the course of the flood. Although some of the existing satellites can capture one or two images or five or six, it's really in the tens of that you need to get to in order to provide a full analysis of what's happened. So why is it important to have your own satellites? Well, the main reason is because it means you can control what you capture and you can capture a vast amount more imagery, which gets directly to the value of the analysis. Great. Thanks, Stephen. On the other side of this break, we'll continue the conversation, so don't go anywhere. Loving InsureTalk with Laura Drabik? For more expert insights and inspiration, subscribe to Laura's email newsletter at drabikdigest.com, your one-stop resource for Laura's latest blog posts, videos, podcasts, articles, and more. That's www.drabikdigest.com. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back. This is Insure Talk with Laura Drabeck, where we're talking with Stephen Lathrop. Stephen, could ice technology be used to predict future flooding events? I don't think we'll try to get into the space of predicting overall risk of flooding on a global multi-year basis, because there are very smart people with those kind of flood models out there already, and we'll leave that to them. But as we build our library of really detailed analysis of events that have occurred, and you know, last two years we've got 70-odd in the library so far, in areas the US, Japan, Australia particularly, we have captured a higher definition account of where the water went than anybody else has. And that has potential to really help predict where the water will go next time. Because these flood prone areas, unfortunately, it's a fact that they are areas that are likely to flood again, unless we can do something physical to stop that happening. More immediate term, we do look at the weather daily. We've got those meteorologists on the team and we can forecast two to three days in advance. And that short-term prediction really does help with taking action before the water starts to rise. So we can help with that, Laura, even if we can't be the people that are going to tell you how many floods in which regions in X year's time. Yeah, that makes sense. And super helpful being able to empower carriers to proactively in advance respond to flooding. Thanks for sharing. So what critical advice would you share with insurers exploring the use of satellite technology for floods? What do they need to consider and prepare for before implementing? Frankly, part of what we're here to do at ISI and the solutions team is to make it as easy as possible for carriers to get value from satellite-based earth observation without having to do too much preparation on their side. So we combine our imagery with digital terrain models, with flood models, with optical imagery and what that can tell us about an event. So we deliver the complete analysis to the customers so they don't have to do a lot of preparation. And the preparation that they do need 
need to do is much more about how are they going to take advantage in their business processes of having that much more complete and rapid insight into what's happening on the ground. So it's really a business opportunity preparation and implementation planning that our customers need to do rather than worrying too much about the satellite technology or the radar. The only other thing I would add to that is that part of my job is to make sure that carriers understand that not all satellite imagery is equal and that this synthetic aperture radar imagery tells you something very different to photographic optical imagery. It's measurement rather than just a photograph and that volume of imagery really matters and definition of imagery really matters. And those are the two things that with our constellation, our technology, we've invested in. So they don't need to worry about building and running the satellites or doing the analysis. We'll do all of that for them. We want them to know that the product is different from other radar-based or optical imagery they've had before. And we want them to think about where they can use it in their business. Yeah. And that's something I actually learned, which is not all satellite imagery is created equal. What you describe being able to see through clouds and in the dark, as well as a millimeter of change on the Earth's surface is really providing that fine level of detail for the carrier. So I can see other industries like mining, energy, and oil spill detection benefiting from your technology. Which industries are leveraging ISI? Those are great ones that you've described, actually. And our ability to persistently monitor the movement in heavy plant and machinery and buildings is a great application. And we're doing lots of R&D and feasibility with the sectors that you've mentioned, actually. We have done oil spill detection. We haven't done that on a commercial basis as yet. The imagery has all sorts of defense applications, but the same information that is valuable to insurers related to different types of catastrophe is also, of course, really valuable to government agencies tasked with responding on the part of communities and businesses. So we're doing all of that as well. The use cases are really wide for the technology. We're moving into detection of damage from wildfire. To give you a flavor of the extent of the use case, one of the applications that we are providing commercially is measurement of illegal deforestation in South America. You know, that could be not further away from flood if you tried, but it's a great use case because we can scan vast areas of land on a regular basis and we can detect when the canopy has been altered very rapidly and get that information back in time for action to be taken, often while that's happening. That's a wonderful roadmap item, one that I'd certainly like to see come to fruition, especially with regards to the effect on climate change. So ISI won Guidewire's first ever InsureTech Vanguard's pitch day. Congratulations, Stephen. Well done. (laughs) Thank you, Laura. I mean, we could not have been more delighted as a team to have had the opportunity to take part in pitch day, but also, I mean, you know, secondly, really, really delighted to win. (laughs) Yeah, it was quite an experience. I mean, I have to say there are so many different dimensions to what we got from that and what we hope others did. I mean, it was great for us as a team to meet other insurtechs and frankly, experience each other's pitches. I think the format of it being so short and sharp really made us think about the things that we wanted to say to the judges, to the audience and to the Guidewire customer community. And so we got a lot from it on the day and in preparation. But I think we're at least as excited about what we've got from it subsequently because we've ended up with relationships with um, some other insurtechs that, you know, they may not have picked 
picked up the trophy from you, Laura, but they were on that stage doing fantastic pitches and we got to know those guys well. And we've had some great follow-up conversations with them as well as with people attending the event. So, I mean, look, as I say, we're delighted. We're looking forward so much to connections. We've got so much out of the engagement so far. It's a great format. Oh, wonderful to hear. And to our listeners, the pitch day took a format of allowing the insure techs only four minutes to pitch, hence why they had to bubble up the most important highlights of their value prop. So I have a different perspective being from the software community and then also working for a carrier in that pitch days are really important for educating our customers, our employees, and our partners on wonderful new value propositions like your own. Why do you think pitch days should be important to an insurance? carrier. I think it's a great way of getting a condensed view of what is out there in terms of emerging technologies that are commercializing and becoming available really quickly. So, I mean, it's difficult to understand how you would pick up quite such a complete and direct articulation of the value proposition in a different format. It was a series of packets of really rich information from passionate leaders within those insurtechs describing to carriers where they see the value and why. I would have thought that that was a goldmine for carriers who would otherwise have to go out and find that information from websites and other material. And and though it might be out there, it will never be as concisely delivered as four minutes of fun. Well put, four minutes of fun. Stephen, thank you very much for your time today and for your incredible insight. You've showed us it's not just about ideas, it's about making ideas happen. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure and a privilege. Tune in next time for an all-new episode of Insure Talk with Laura Drabic, brought to you by Guidewire, the platform PNC insurers trust to engage, innovate, and grow efficiently. For more information, visit guidewire.com.